0: There are secrets out there guys, performance marketing secrets, and knowing just one or two of them can absolutely light up your funnels. Let's go. This is the Revenue Driven CMO. I'm your host, Chris Mechanic. Join me as I uncover the secrets of the world's most elite CMOs and marketing leaders. The Revenue Driven CMO is sponsored by Web Mechanics, the AI-driven performance agency that makes you smarter. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Revenue Driven CMO. I'm your man Chris Mechanic and we have an amazing show in store for you today. I'm really excited to be uh interviewing this guest. She is the type of guest that we really love uh, over the last 15 years. She's just multifaceted. Like she has been in product, in go to market, you know, pretty much like every core element of marketing. Uh, she has been deep you know, in the in the mud, so to speak, uh, and those are the types of guests that we really love. She's a partner at Stage Two Capital. Uh, previously, she was at Five Nine, which is the uh, uh, cloud contact center uh, company. She did over ten years at HP at Hewlett Packard, and currently she's CMO of Udemy, which is an awesome company, uh, recently public. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the show, Miss Janefa Murphy. It's awesome to I have know. you, Janefa.
1: Thank you. Great to be here.
0: I know that this is going to be an awesome episode Uh, and you know how we roll. We like to lead with the value. So why don't you uh, let everybody know just right off the bat, like what is one of your uh, biggest or best kept secrets to the success that you've been able to produce in your marketing career?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, You know, some people might think it's common sense, but I, I think there are two things that come to mind. One, operate without fear. And second, remember uh, that sales and marketing are not in competition with one another. You have to be and you should be and you must be united against the same goal. So those are my two. Operate without fear and make sure that sales and marketing, it's a partnership. They are not your competition.
0: I love it. Okay, great. So um, so I think that there's a lot to unpack in both of those. But let's start with the first one, the operate without fear.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: know... Um, I think fear is natural. Uh, I guess you might call it fear. You might call it self-doubt. You might call it, you know, imposter syndrome. What do you mean by that exactly? Uh, like, like, what's an example where fear might get in the way? Uh, yeah
1: so um so hey I'll, I'll make it personal um you know so i have recently joined udemy um, as the first chief marketing officer uh so prior to this uh, they had you know wonderful heads of marketing but never a chief marketing officer who uh, operated across both the direct to consumer and the udemy business side of the house and so you know for me as i'm coming in um, there's a great team with an immense amount of talent um, but as a leader coming into any new role, there's always that fear of, well, I'm going to have to put change in place. People don't like change. And often change can sometimes lead to more instability when the one thing you're trying to do is create stability for your team. Yeah. So for me, you know, that's a great example. I have to not fear the repercussions. I need to be conscious of them. I need to be aware of them. I need to plan for them. But at the same time, you know, I've been brought in to to do a job and I believe um, that the team can execute it. And so it's my job to not operate uh, from a place of fear, but operate from a place of creating an environment so we can all collectively, uh, as a single team, create that energy and create that momentum to achieve our collective goal as a marketing organization.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, i love that story and i'm curious like at what point did this particular principle of operating without fear become part of your mo like in your early career for instance were you operating with a lot of fear and then one day you just put your hand down and said damn it i'm not going to operate with fear anymore yeah
1: Yeah, so So i I think think, you know it's natural um depending on where you are in your for Career trajectory, um, if you will, uh, and also like sort of, I guess how many how many wars you've been through. Um, so you know, some people, you know, staying for a long period of time at a single company, um, people look at that and they they think it's a negative thing. But for example, me staying at HP uh, for over ten years. Was a great learning experience and so i would definitely say earlier in my career i maybe did operate from a place of fear because i was like well you know am, am i am i good enough to do this job i've still got a lot of learning to do am i okay to be speaking up right now and am, am i okay to be you know leading the charge on this activity but i think because of all the experiences i've had um you know i've ran global teams large global teams for multi-billion dollar companies and I just sort of took a step back, and it was actually a former CEO of mine who was like, hey, Jennifer, you know what? What's your narrative? Learn your narrative. Know your narrative. Take a step back to think about all the things that you've done. And at that point, when he asked me that question, I was like, "Yeah, I've actually done a lot of stuff. I can always learn. I can always be better. There's always new technology, new processes, new ideas. But man, yeah, I have. I've, I've been through some wars. I've, I've you know, I've, I've taken on some meaty marketing and go-to-market challenges, and I've learned from it, and I've, you know, with my team, delivered some pretty amazing things. So I think that sort of just, yeah, made me think, especially I would say probably, I don't know, maybe even five or six years ago when I was taking on, um, you know, probably my second CMO role was just, yeah, don't operate from a place of fear have have the confidence to know what you can do and what you can't do and be okay with it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's so important. You know, I think it's almost like the more talented somebody is, I think probably the more fear that they may have naturally. Uh, I'm wondering, do you have any, and certainly, I mean, I still feel fear. You know, like,
1: yeah.
0: and, you know, it, it manifests sometimes in different forms. Like it's usually more so in the form of like a nagging kind of anxiety or, you know, a, almost like a subconscious doubt. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, do you have any techniques for folks? I mean, yeah. yeah, I, that's, yeah. I, mean,
1: I Honestly, I think that that advice that I got is to take that moment to pause and say, hang on. You know, if I was going to interview for another job or if I just needed to tell someone what's my narrative and just taking a moment simply to write down all of the things, right, all of the things that you've done. Because sometimes you get so caught up in the day-to-day and you do these amazing projects, especially in marketing because it's just ongoing all the time. Sometimes you, you always take them for granted. You forget about them. So just taking that moment to say, actually, you know what, Seems stupid, but I'm just gonna write down like all of the, the cool things I've worked on and that I've been a part of. And then, you know, maybe some of the the mistakes, but the learnings that have happened along that time. That for me, um, it just it just helped solidify it so much because I could reflect back on that and be like, oh, okay, that's a that's a pretty good list. And then it also helped me identify what were some of the gaps and areas that maybe I still needed to develop in my career and in my, you know, next opportunity that I was taking on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a really good exercise actually. And it, it reminds me, so I'm big into kind of like the power of thought, you know, like Mm -hmm. mind power and the majority of people I think operate somewhat on autopilot um, where they're just taking in the stimuli around them. But I try for a few minutes each day to like intentionally feed certain stimuli into my mind. Uh, and I think of it as a highlight reel. So, Mm -hmm. and it's not even always work related, like some, like part of my highlight reel, when I was a kid, I was a really good swimmer. Like, Mm -hmm. like I used to just smoke everybody when I was like eight years old. Like I could just swim the, you know, the 25 yard freestyle or 25 meter race. Like I would just smoke everybody. I was like a, you know, a local hero in the town almost, but like that's that's part of my highlight reel, you know? So I do that just kind of like as part of my morning meditation routine, Mm -hmm. but also before a big call, you know, before a big call or a big meeting or something that would tend to induce those feelings of anxiety. I just play that highlight reel back in my mind. Is that sort of the same with what you mean by narrative in a way?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's sort of it's like, you know, writing your own movie trailer. <laughs> you yeah. know, what 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 would it be? Like what's your story? Um you know that, that that can excite people and you know it has that that notion of okay, at this moment you're the hero of the story and and who was the who was the the enemy? Who was the protagonist, right? Um so yeah, that that notion of having your narrative, having the different points in time. Um but your point about just also building your highlight reel as well, I think it is really important. You can read a lot about the power of things like the power of daydream, the power of art and the brain and creating, you know, new connections and and uh, firing off, you know, new different thought processes, etc. So I think there's a lot of power in taking that time to just think. Yeah. But stop and just think about it. Like you said, if you've got a big presentation to put together. Sometimes it's so easy to just dive in and be like, right, yeah, here you go. I'm gonna do my business case and here's the information, here's the slides. And it's like, hang on, just take a step back and just just noodle on it. I say that a lot. I'm like, let's just noodle on it. Let's just have a little think about it. Right. Um, you know, at the most probably inopportune times. But <laughs> I think that that power is uh, is is really, really, really helpful.
0: Yeah. So I think that's that's a lovely takeaway. just for anybody listening, if you don't have that highlight reel um, or if you haven't okay. taken the time to noodle on it or put your narrative together, I think that can be a really effective tool in combating, you know, the natural sense of whatever they call it imposter syndrome or yeah, you know, that nagging anxiety that you may not be enough because you are. You know, you wouldn't be where you are if you weren't enough.
1: That's it. And, and everyone everyone brings something different to the table. I think that's the other thing as well, is just appreciating that, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in diversity of all different types, uh, diversity of individuals, diversity of thought, diversity of ideas, and how you collaborate and create that environment. Um, and I think, you know, just accepting that it's okay, you know, I can be a quite high-energy person, and sometimes, you know, people in my team, uh, you know, former teams that they they've said to me, "Well, I, am I going to be okay on your team? Because I'm not that type of person. I'm not a high energy person." And I'm like, "Yes, you think I need to be surrounded by people like me all of the time? No, mm-hmm. like, they, like there are, and sometimes I don't want to be the high energy person, and it's great to have somebody else who will, you know, be that high energy person." So I think really just owning and accepting who you are and realizing that. Everybody can contribute in different ways um, is a really, really powerful thing.
0: I agree. I totally agree with that. Cool. So let's talk about your second secret that sales and marketing are not in competition. Um, I've, you know, we hear that a lot. Usually, we hear it in the way of like the power of sales and marketing alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, how come you frame it in the way of like, hey, we're not in competition?
1: Because sometimes, you know, especially when things aren't going well, when you don't have the pipeline numbers, when you don't have the leads, or you do have the leads, but you don't have the leads quality, it's very easy still to sort of get into that fear mode and get into that finger pointing mode. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, again, everybody has a part to play. And also the hard thing about marketing is a lot of people think they can do marketing, especially sales. And I, I love I love the sales team completely. They do come up with some of the, the greatest ideas, uh, yeah. and it's wonderful to be able to to get that real input because they're they're meeting with customers every single day, and they they hear that and they see that. Um, but sometimes, you know, it, it can it can make marketers feel like, well, you know, are they are they trying to to do my job? right well that that's my job that's my job to build that deck that's my job to build that asset that's my job to put on that event to think about the pipeline well yeah it is it's both of our jobs at the end of the day we've both got a single goal the goal is build the pipeline build the share of voice get the brand awareness get the revenue get the momentum build the community for the company that you are working for and you know i think again going back to when does this often manifest itself yeah it's great when things are going awesome but then the second, you know, that pipeline starts dipping or the revenue starts dipping or there's something not going right, then it can sometimes feel like a a competition. I think then it's even more important to be double down and be like, how can we work together? How can we help one another? How can we take each other's ideas and, you know, be able to sort of work them together? And I think, you know, you mentioned my background in the beginning. That's always one of my biggest pieces of advice for, for marketers is go and do a job outside of marketing go mm-hmm. work in support go work in customer success go work in sales go work in partners because they will have a different perspective and you'll have an appreciation of where the other person is coming from because believe you me like sales is hard
0: oh yeah yeah
1: it's hard and i think sometimes people underestimate that um and they see the sort of the smiley, happy side of the salesperson, and you know someone who's great at talking and you know great at sort of negotiating and, and building those relationships. But that it's it's a lot and lot of hard work, and I don't know if teams always appreciate that. Um, and then on the same time, marketing is not all pretty pictures and pipeline. Right, there's a lot of data, there's a lot of technology, there's a lot of connecting the dots, a lot of processes. Um, so I think
0: that appreciation for the other side is a key element yeah so then um it sounds like it sounds like at uh, udemy and at uh, the other orgs that you've had you've had relatively good experiences what advice would you give to marketers who may may have that uh, sales team that feels competitive okay. to them you mentioned like go work in that job I think that's a really good one
1: yeah, go, go work in that job. Go do that job, right? It, it, even if you don't do it full time, right? Go go do a ride along. You know, go yeah. um go to a sales person um with a meeting. Go listen in uh to uh, a business development rep doing a call. Uh, go yeah. sit on a partner meeting. You know, just just hear and, and also as well, just from a marketing point of view, messaging. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago now, I think uh, my team did this awesome uh, pop up as part of Dreamforce. Uh, it was an ice cream pop-up. So it was, uh, you know, come for the ice cream and stay for the uh, AI skills and the skills that you can learn on Udemy. And mm-hmm. I think it was really cool because they were out there and they they were having to engage prospects as they were, you know, walking along the, the street to get to the entrance to Dreamforce. That's hard to do, right? Yeah. To engage someone, get a conversation. Do you have a need? Is this something that's relevant for you? And so I think it was really cool to, see them engaging and doing that and sort of being a part of it because i think again it helps them understand well is the message that i'm saying right now is it relevant um and also as well how how does it play out in real life because sometimes you write these discovery questions and playbooks and then it's like yeah that's not quite how it works when you actually speak to a prospect
0: (laughs) right exactly yeah talk about fear it's like uh you know, repping that booth and like trying to stop somebody like as they're walking
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, in a big crowd. You know, you're just like setting yourself up for potential rejection, public rejection.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's like it's 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 really you know it's really hard, and yeah. and and I was just so proud that the team got out there. Well, first of all, they came up with this pop up experience in probably like two weeks, um, they yeah. came up with some great taglines, you know, ice creams on the house skills are on Udemy. Um, but then they were out there in the field, engaging with prospects and customers and telling our story. And I, I thought that was just so cool.
0: That is really cool. That's really cool. So um, let's talk about Udemy a little bit. I know that um, you're you're fairly new there, just a few yeah. months into the role. Uh, I'm curious what attracted you there in the first place? Like, how did you um, get involved with them?
1: Yeah, so I think it's a few different reasons. Um, First of all, just the mission of of Udemy, right? The mission of Udemy is to improve and transform lives through learning. That's a pretty cool mission.
0: And it applies to
1: individuals and it applies to businesses and organizations. Um, And then that's the other thing. Right, is the fact that you don't often find that many companies that have a successful direct-to-consumer and B2B side of the house mm-hmm. um, where as a marketer you can do both and I get to do both and that's really exciting because I get to um, borrow and learn and my team get to borrow and learn what works for D2C and what works for B2B and can we cross over or are there places where you know they should be different um, and so I think first, it's just the pure mission of Udemy to improve and transform lives through learning and giving people access to learning, giving people access to skills. You know, we talk a lot about the transformation to a skills based economy. That's real. Um, not everybody can get access to higher ed. Um, right. But, you know, does that mean that they shouldn't still be able to learn skills and get qualifications and get certified? and be able to present that to a potential employer not at all and so yeah. i just think it's a, a an amazing mission and we get the opportunity to do that for individuals um, and we get to do that for large organizations and small organizations alike uh, and that's that's a pretty cool thing to be able to do
0: yeah absolutely that's something that i'm really passionate about too because i've i've been an avid reader uh for pretty much as long as i can remember and I learned very little in formal schooling like you know I studied business at a at a good university and I learned a little bit but I remember thinking upon graduation I was like, okay so I'm a I'm a business graduate like how do I start a business they don't actually show you how to start a business like you know the articles of incorporation and operating agreement and thing so you know I took to Google and I figured that out um but then somewhere along the way I'd read the biography of andrew carnegie Mm -hmm. um and that's it was a great read um but one of the things that stuck with me was that in those days uh like like information was not so readily available as it is today in fact to get access to a library that had you know the magazines and the and other books as well was expensive you know like it was only really available or accessible to the upper upper middle class or upper you know kind of um more affluent people mm-hmm. and uh so i've always felt fortunate pers- personally that just like oh my goodness like you're right at the at a, st- a few keystrokes like we can get access to the best thinking from some of the best people for free pretty much but um yeah. But so that- thats exactly
1: that's exactly the Udemy story, right? That's exactly how our founder, um, you know, came came about, right? It was because he was in Turkey. Um, he wanted to get access to information. He wanted to get access to learning. Uh, couldn't necessarily do that, and you know, then he came over to, to the US and, and started Udemy and, and made that accessible, right, because it was at the, the age of the internet and being able to give people access to that, and, and we've sort of continued that legacy, right, if you will, continue that legacy of giving people all over the world access to the relevant skills and learning opportunities that they're going to need for themselves personally or professionally, Um, and, you know, doing it in an affordable and a scalable way.
0: Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm on the site right now. You've Mm -hmm. got these ChatGPT courses, 15 bucks you can learn ChatGPT, right? And then you would probably be better educated after this three hour course for 15 bucks than like the majority of job applicants out there. 15 bucks.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's, listen, it's an unstory, right? I mean, there is no doubt. That, you know, having, getting higher ed, right, that can get you in the door. That gives you a certain set of skills. But it's it's about that ongoing learning as well, right? You know, you can't always, um, you know, some people, first of all, can't even afford, right, to go uh, to college or university. Yeah. And then when you're applying it, you know, we're very big on practical skills, right? One of the practical skills that are going to help you right now right, whether it's learning a hobby or whether it's your professional skills. So, ChatGPT, Python, Excel, data science. And the awesome thing, um, which is is just so cool, I think, you know, I mean, Udemy is a marketplace and it's a marketplace from a content creation perspective and it's a marketplace from the learner perspective. And so what do I mean by that? You know, we've got over 70,000 instructors and anybody can be an instructor. Now, some people are like, oh, well, that means that, you know, maybe am I getting the right quality content? Well, how does the marketplace work? Your content, your course will keep being presented if people are purchasing it, if people are liking it, if people are engaging with it. That's the beauty of it because you never know when some of the best teachers, some of the best instructors, the best content creators, where they're going to come from. They might not always come from some of those traditional avenues that publishers and academics sort of look at. They may come from the most unusual place. And we give that ability for people to come and teach and then also for the 64 million learners to come and learn in a way that's personal to them. So you might like to learn a skill in one way. I like to learn in a different way. And um, we have that availability to be able to do that, and you'll see, like some of the courses, they've got two, three, four hundred thousand reviews. So this is, you know, these are these are active learners engaging and participating, and our content creators, our instructors, are just so engaged, uh, and it really means a lot, and it makes a difference.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I'm just doing some mental math, Jose Portilla made mm-hmm. the complete python bootcamp from zero to hero mm-hmm. uh 30 bucks a shot almost half a million reviews
1: yep
0: which means there was probably 10 times as many you know actual purchases um that's like you know that's a lot that's a good chunk of change yeah. <laughs> for yep. jose Portilla right there there's an opportunity, Wait, there's an opportunity.
1: For sure. I mean, you know, there's, I think there's been over like nearly 2 million students uh, who have taken that course. Um, and, yeah, it's just, it, it's that ability as well to to engage with learners, engage with the instructors. Uh, you know, we've got some great stories of instructors um, who have come from an academic background and they're like, hey, you know, when I, I was teaching in academia, I could get to maybe, you know, a couple of thousand students. Here I can get to millions. And that's cool. Yeah. Just, just the thought of that, I mean, if, you, if you're someone who, who loves to share, who loves to help people learn, then Udemy just provides that awesome community and marketplace to be able to do that. Um, and we see organisations taking it on, right? Our Udemy business side of the house, uh, organisations embracing that micro learning, different types of learning, uh, being able to do um, async learning as well. Uh, you know, no one's got time, right? Right. Um, you can just hey download a course, put it on the mobile app, and listen to it on your walk into the office or your walk around the block. You know, for your uh, your mental break during the day.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the the B two B side because I've always known you to me as you know the B two I I didn't even actually realize that there was a B two B side. Yeah. But um, what types of companies are you seeing? You know, as as sort of the main adopters and, and how are they using it
1: mm-hmm. yeah so i mean uh, you know as you'll see if you go to udemy.com right we've got um over forty thousand, probably actually higher now uh, companies uh, you know around the world who are using udemy business and and basically what we do with udemy business is we take the uh, course catalog that we have on the marketplace and we curate that uh to a subset um, which we make available to our Udemy Business customers. Now, at any point in time, you know, if a customer for Udemy Business wants a course that's not in the curated catalog, they can come, they can request it, it can be added, not a problem. But the reason we do that is because we have so much content, it can often be overwhelming. And mm-hmm. so what we do is we curate it down. Um, we also support it in multiple languages as well. And not like, this is not subtitling, this is not dubbing, this is native instructors, in native language, teaching native courses. Right? Mm-hmm. That for international companies, and you see some of the logos on the website, right, AT&T, Cisco, Hewlett-Packard Enterprise, Citi, Ericsson. For international companies, that really makes a difference um, mm-hmm. because what then well, there are nuances in, you know, when you just translate something, you get value, But when it's a native instructor, you know, speaking in the native language, providing, you know, our international collection, as we call it, um, that, again, just really makes a difference. And so, yeah, it's it's companies who are doing everything from small teams, right? Maybe they're just deploying Udemy with 10, 20 people. Um, You know, it's a particular particular part of the business uh, through to companies who've got, you know, thousands uh, of users on the platform, and they're using everything from the learning content through to our uh, ability to do badging and certifications as well uh, and create like, custom learning path. Uh, we use it ourselves right, as part of our onboarding. So when anyone gets onboarded into Udemy, uh, they've got different learning paths and we've got learning paths to learn about the company, learning paths about um, belonging, equity, diversity and inclusion, uh, learning paths that are specific to functions right, for our engineers versus our marketeers uh, versus sales. So uh, yeah, it's it's pretty broad in its application, and uh, and pretty cool what we can help do. All goes back to that notion of improving and transforming lives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I've read in the news that some large percentage of the workforce will have to be upskilled or reskilled uh, in with this big AI transformation that we're going through. So that's absolutely yeah. And I mean you know, to me, I'm, I'm a digital native, so it seems like pretty straightforward, but for folks that, you know, are not necessarily like, there's a pretty substantial learning curve. So the ability for a company to just like call, call you to me up and spin me up a nice little LMS and let me, you know, upskill and cross train my team. Like, that's really awesome.
1: Yeah, it's a a massive challenge. I mean, I think it was Deloitte did a study. They said something like 89% of executives say that skills are becoming important for the way that organizations are defining work and deploying talent. But at the same time, you know, probably equal uh, number of executives are not really sure what to do. And, you know, take something like generative AI. It's great. I mean, what, what OpenAI did and ChatGPT did for that technology is just so awesome because in an instant, I think people um, felt closer to generative AI and felt like they could understand it. But we definitely see um, you know, customers and prospects challenged, right? Because they're like, okay, well, I need generalist understanding of generative AI, but then I need it specific to the marketing function or the engineering function. And they want to know, well, what's the skill? What's the sub-skill? What's the learning outcome? And that's all part of what we help our customers to be able to do. So, it's not just providing them the content and providing them the ability to learn. It's helping guide them in, you know, where are your skills gaps? What are the skills you need to be learning most? What are What's trending? What's becoming important that you should be thinking about? So, it's all those different elements. And that's a lot of what our customer success team, you know, do on a daily basis. They work with customers, especially when it comes to things like generative AI to figure out, well, where do I start? What do I do?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is a micro question. Forgive me if I'm getting a little too granular, Mm -hmm. but so if I'm a business and I sign up, Mm -hmm. um, I get like, I guess I get an admin view where I can you know, create those different learning paths, enroll people in the different learning paths, and then mm-hmm. kind of um, monitor their progress over yep. time.
1: Exactly. So yeah. So you get you got that as I mentioned, we've got about one hundred and twenty seven thousand courses in English, uh, about ninety thousand local language courses, and then we take a subset of that to create probably about ten thousand courses in English, and um, you know about. 30,000 in local language for the udemy business catalog uh, or collection if you will um, mm. And then yeah, as a, a a leader, a learning leader, you can see who's learning, you know what's their what's their usage right so how many hours of learning is getting done in your organization, Uh, Are people taking the learning paths um, that you want them to take? Um, What other things are of interest? So you get all of those insights as well so that you can actually make decisions about where to invest, where your employees need help. And at the end of the day, I think that's one of the other big topics that there's a lot of research about is people want to know when they're with a company that they have a career path, that there is opportunity for growth. And skills and learning are the perfect way to be able to do that and to give back to your employees.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree. And, uh, and it strikes close to home because we've always been sort of a learning and training org Mm -hmm. because in our business, like uh, we're digital marketers, you know, we do like paid search, paid social analytics, conversion, things like that. It's not, it's not like an engineering firm where you can just go and hire people out of school and they're like yeah. ready to contribute, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you know, even if you hire the brightest out of a great school, they sometimes you know have very little actual practical experience. Mm-hmm. So, like we have this sort of boot camp training that we put together for the first three months that people go through, but but learning and. Teaching also is really ingrained into our culture here. So that yeah. definitely, definitely resonates it, with me.
1: The, the, the practicality, right? So not only do we have the course content, but you can create workspaces, you can create labs, you can create, you know, with our, our Upro offering on the business side of the house, you can create sample tests and assessments and certifications. So there's a whole slew of different things. And then, you know, for some customers as well, leadership, right? Technical skills, that's one thing we've got a ton of customers that use us for technical and business skills, but also leadership as well. So we've got a cohort-based learning platform, our UBNA, so our Leadership Academy, um, and that's all about cohort-based learning. So just like you were saying, you know, when people come in, you could have uh, whatever it might be, 10 people join your cohort, your bootcamp. They get a uh, six to 12 week intensive program together and then afterwards they're able to sort of build that community and especially in hybrid work I think that becomes even more important because you know when you used to go into an office or a common workspace you could easily ask questions and you can you know grab people and and sort of figure out what you need. Um, sometimes that becomes a little bit harder in the remote world. We're all used to Zoom. We're all used to working remotely. But I think especially when you're trying to, say, for example, uh, take a group of individual contributors um, and making them managers. That's yeah. a transition which is super hard. It's super overlooked. Yeah. And you know, just because someone is a great individual contributor, it doesn't mean that they have the skills to be a great manager. And oh, yeah. it's Your job as an organization and your job as a leader to help them do that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, another thing that just came to mind uh, we've had people go back for their MBA, like actual, you know, Mm -hmm. go to a university for their MBA. And we've considered like either sponsoring that or, you know, paying for some portions of it. We never actually did, but I bet with Udemy, you could probably create your own like MBA in a box, yeah, for a fraction of the cost. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely with our leadership academy, right? You've got guided learning, you get communities of practice, you get moderators and instructors, right, who have different backgrounds and different, uh, you know, qualifications and are teaching you different things, and you get you get that applied learning experience as well, right? That's so I awesome. think. It, it's and there's just so much opportunity and and you know go back to why Udemy, why did I come here? Because it's just so it's so great that we can provide this for individuals and organizations and give people access to it. Um, in in so many languages in so many different countries, um, you know, and whether you're big or small, we can we can tailor the Udemy solution to be able to meet your needs. And that's that's pretty cool. Um That's really you know, cool. You know, often you when, especially when you're in B two B marketing, you know, you, you're in cyber or you're in app dev or DevOps or you know whatever it might be. Um, I, I I truly feel so fortunate uh, because we can cover so many different things and we can appeal to so many different people. Sometimes it's a bit of a marketer's worst nightmare. I'm not going to lie, because you know nailing down your ICP a little bit hard. Um, yeah, but. At the same time, it's uh, it's just a, a wealth of, of of opportunity that we can share right there with the world.
0: Absolutely. Well, you guys are doing an amazing job with it. It's an awesome mission, awesome company. The website is great. It's super easy to navigate.
1: That's what uh, we like. Make it easy to get to get to the skills you need.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm sure it's not all wine and roses, uh, totally though. What are what are some of the big challenges that you're facing or what keeps you up at night?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, given given sort of where I am and, and being, you know, new to this role, um, you know, I think just keeping the morale high, right? Giving people a reason to be inspired. Um, you know, when a new leader comes in. Uh, it's always a challenge. You know, on one hand, you're sort of like, oh, I'm excited, excited to learn. What's this person going to do? Now, on the yeah. other hand, it's like, oh, man, it's another change. Um, and are they going to change things that I like? Are they going to ask me to do things that are different to what I do right now? And that might make me uncomfortable. Um, so I think for me, you know, you, you don't achieve anything, I think, as a, an individual. I mean, yeah, you can you can do things, but when you work as a team, that's, like, so awesome. I mean, to have a win by yourself is great, but when you win as a team, sounds cheesy, but I don't know, I love it, right? That when you can turn to someone and be like, wow, we did this, right? We yeah. we created this together. Um, that's just pretty, pretty special. And so for me, that's top of mind for me right now, right? How do I keep my team inspired? Um, how do I manage through the change? Um, and how do I, you know, keep them, inspired for that vision of of what's to come. And, you know, obviously when you come in as a new leader, sometimes people will raise to you things that, oh, this isn't working or that isn't working, as well as all of the good stuff. Um, Yeah. And you want to make the change immediately, and sometimes you can't. And so sort of finding that balance and, you know, giving people that vision, that hope, um, and that, you know, creating that environment where people can be successful, they can feel heard, um, you know, but also making sure that you're making the changes that are needed, Continuing to do what you know has been successful and then change some of the areas where maybe you need to amplify or accelerate or change direction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. What are the, um, the top channels or go to market funk or go to market motions like that yeah. are really, that are really driving a lot of revenue for you guys right now?
1: Yeah, so I think definitely you you said it right. Generative AI, there's a huge opportunity around generative AI. Leadership learning is another one. Um, just the transformation in and of itself to a skills-based organization. We've got some customers actually who are basically, they're not building out traditional job descriptions. They're actually building out like skill pots, right? What are the skills that I need to complete this project? So it's less about the function—it's less that I need a marketing person, a project management person. It's more one of the specific skills that I need to achieve the outcome for this particular project. And building these little pods that can actually help uh, do that. And we've done that a lot, you know, with a, in our uh, product development engineering org, and even <clears> in marketing <throat> as well. Building out those those pods to sort of say, well, yeah, your day job, for example, is performance marketing, but right now you're going to be on a pod which is focused around brand. Uh, as an example or mm. pricing as an example um so i think i think that's definitely a key opportunity so leadership skills generative ai micro learning um and then the overall transformation to a skills based economy those are the sort of four uh, four key drivers that we see a lot uh, in the opportunities that we have out there
0: mm-hmm. i see i see no that makes a lot of sense and i was i was more so asking about like Channels in terms of, like, is it mostly search or social or a lot of, like, email and outbound?
1: Yeah, there's a mix for sure. I mean, I think on the D2C side of the house, performance marketing is still really important, right? Um, You know, paid ads, paid social, those types of things. I -hmm. think on the B2B side, it's definitely ABM right? Scaling ABM. Uh, That's one of the the key future initiatives. How do we scale ABM and combine that with some fun fun brand and social activations? I'm Mm -hmm. a big believer in social. Um, I I think we've got a huge opportunity at Udemy to build up uh, our organic social. Um, And it's a great way to engage. Um, And then the other thing as well is I would say community, right? We've got a great community of instructors. We need to build out that same community for our learners and our admins as well. Um, Because Mm -hmm. again, that's where you get... You know, real-time feedback um, on your messaging, real-time feedback on even, like, what types of advertising, uh, potentially, that your customers and prospects want to see you doing, where you should show up, right? So, picking, you know, content syndication, what channels maybe you should be looking at as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, I think performance marketing, still huge, still a massive channel. We see good, uh, we see great ROI on the D2C side of the house and then on the B2B side of the house, definitely ABM uh, and actually events, in-person events are picking back up and mm. uh, we're starting to get good, you know, good traction in terms of uh, attendance of people just sort of wanting to come and connect, uh, yeah, human to human.
0: Awesome. That's really, so you guys are putting, putting on your own events?
1: We do. So uh, in October, we've got uh, what we call Forward, um, which is all about um, skills, work and innovation. So it'll happen um, in October. It will happen virtually. And then we will have a sequence of events in India, um, Sao Paulo for our LATAM um, region. And then in London uh, on November 2nd for uh, our EMEA region, which and those three will be in person. So we're doing a hybrid approach, um, but it's going to be pretty exciting to be able to be out there with customers.
0: Wow, so you guys are truly global, like like.
1: Yep. yep boots on the sure. ground. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. I mean, our India event gets a great amount of, uh, you know, customers and prospects that come to that. Um, they come to engage, they come to learn, they come to uh, network, peer-to-peer networking. Uh, and then our Amir event is always really, really successful. Uh, you know, North America, I think it's much more about smaller meetups um, as well. Uh, and that's why we do the, the virtual event, which covers North America, and then can uh, cover the globe as well. And then we go on our, our roadshow in uh, LATAM, APAC, and uh, EMEA.
0: That's awesome. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I loved your secret about operating without fear. I think that that is an important message that you know everybody needs to hear, marketers, salespeople, even executive leaders. It's one of those things that nobody really likes to talk about, you know, cause it's, it's vulnerable. It's like, you know, you might think it's a sign of weakness, but everybody feels it. And I think you provided us with some, with some strong techniques today, uh, that we, you know, can, can do that operating without fear. So I'm motivated. I'm inspired. I'm going to go play my highlight reel
1: <laughs> I in my it. mind.
0: Um, and, uh, thank you for your time here today.
1: Thank you. It was an absolute pleasure, and uh, and yeah, I think everyone should write down their narrative and uh, get their highlight reel running.
0: Yeah, and I can't wait to see what you do with Udemy. Uh, I will. I'll be a fan. I'll be a customer. We might even be a B two B customer. I'm already a D two C customer.
1: Awesome. Yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. We would uh, we would love to support you in that journey.
0: Yeah, we've looked at a couple different platforms. We looked at LinkedIn Learning and a couple different things, but I don't think we're married to any quite yet. So you I, might well, be the
1: variety we have the variety we have that's the benefit of, of not having a publisher model is we get instructors from uh, all different places all different types of learning so that you can really make it personal
0: yep so watch out web mechanics might be entering a pipeline <laughs> near you love it and uh, let's do the lightning round go for it all right question number one if you were to start a side hustle what side hustle would that be
1: uh, complete and sell my family cookbook and open a food truck with all of the things that are in it.
0: Love it, love it. That's a good one. Uh, number two is top three books, authors, influencers, podcasts, whatever you want uh, that have made an impact in your career.
1: Mm, top three. Oh, that's a tough one, and especially it's like books and podcasts as well. Podcasts. I really love Chris Lockhead. Um, he does some. He does some great stuff with. Um, with category pirates, but I would say top three books The Medici Effect, Franz Hansen. That's just great for diversity of thought and creative thinking. Building the Story Brand by Donald Miller and Amp It Up by Frank Slootman.
0: Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not actually familiar with either of those, but I'll check them out. Ah,
1: there you go. Yeah. Medici Effect, Building the Story Brand and Amp It Up. Those are three good ones.
0: Nice. All right. And finally, How do you avoid burnout and how do you help your team to avoid burnout?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know if I'm always that good at it, but I think for my team, uh, it's about consistently reminding and reassuring that taking a break when you need it is a must. Um, So I think you've got to be really in tune to your team uh, and pay attention. Uh, That's a key thing. And then for me, I think it's about being intentional with my time. Right, and being okay with the fact that I love my job. I love what I do. So if I have to work late, um, you know, a couple of nights to get something done or whatever it might be, then I'll do it. I love it. I enjoy that. Um, But then at the same time, I love my family. I love my personal space and time. So, um, you know, when I need to, taking the time to be with my family, go on a hike, do a movie, put my phone aside, cook dinner. Um, I think, you know, just building out those rituals and being intentional with your time, uh, can be really, really empowering.
0: Love that. Love that. Well, thank you so much, Geneva. Uh This has been really, really fun. For everybody listening, if you learned anything here today or if you laughed a little bit, drop us a five-star rating wherever you get your pods or share this with a friend. We really would appreciate that. Uh, Genefa, if people want to learn more about you or me, where would you direct them?
1: By saying, you know, me, you can learn about me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jennifer Murphy. Udemy, just go to udemy.com, right? See if there's a course that can help awaken a new passion for you or your team, right? Whether it's Chat GPT or cheese making, you know, we can help you develop whatever skill is going to mean the most to you. So go check it out on udemy.com. Go and see what, uh, what awakes your passion.
0: Love it. That's simple enough. Cool. Well, Jennifer, stay on the line for just a moment. But for everybody else, that was another exciting episode of Revenue Driven CMO. We will see you next time. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us here today. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at RevenueDrivenCMO.com. That's RevenueDrivenCMO.com. And hey, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, Web Mechanics will do 10 to 20 hours of work for you for free. Literally no sales calls, no BS. Just give them a problem and they will put a team to work for you for free for 10 to 20 hours, even if you're already a client. If you're struggling with demand gen, lead gen, SEO, SEM, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, conversion optimization, if you can't get Facebook or meta ads to work for the life of you or you can't figure out attribution, web mechanics will take a good hard look at whatever problem you give them, whatever programs you put in front of them. And they will give you an objective informed opinion plus some advice from 10 to 20 hours of senior level attention and that's just because you're a listener of this podcast so i would suggest take them up on this offer it's ridiculous go to revenue free fill out the two-minute form and you will not regret it literally zero downside unlimited potential for growth so do yourself a favor revenue driven cmo.com slash free no hyphens no punctuations you will be happy about that decision